This is Binghamton Now on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton, and WNBF.com. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. Authorities say an 18-year-old man was killed when he was struck by a vehicle in Tioga County. According to state police, the incident happened around 1020 Saturday night on Route 17C in the town of Barton. Investigators said the man was pronounced dead at the scene. State police questioned the driver of the vehicle, whose name was not released, and troopers were assisted by Tioga County Sheriff's deputies. The Broome County Aviation Commissioner believes the proposed merger between JetBlue and Spirit Airlines may potentially be good news for the Greater Binghamton Airport. Mark Hefner said while some people might look at the merger and say there's one less airline, he views the situation as more of an opportunity. In an interview with WMBF News, Hefner said it allows me to talk to an airline that's just merged and is going to look to increase their footprint. The Aviation Commissioner said he views it as an opportunity for us. He noted somebody's got to feed the larger airlines. He said there are some smaller airlines that are moving forward with additional daily service in the United States. Airlines have been dealing with big challenges over the past couple of years because of the COVID-19 pandemic that resulted in many pilots and other support workers leaving their jobs. The industry is working to recover from a period of reduced travel as demand for flights has increased dramatically in recent months. Airlines are also facing additional headaches in dealing with the higher cost of fuel. Discounted apparel and footwear items are going to be offered at a new Dick's Sporting Goods warehouse sales store on the Vestal Parkway. The company has set up shop in a space that had been occupied by a Price Right grocery store in the Parkway Plaza. The warehouse sale outlet will be located near the Target Department store. It's just a short distance east of the ex- existing full-line Dick's Sporting Goods store in the Town Square Plaza. The Price Right store had operated at the site for about seven years. It closed in October 2019. Before that, the space was occupied by a Circuit City electronics store. According to the Dick's Sporting Goods website, the new Vestal Outlet store's grand opening event was scheduled to run from Friday through Sunday, but additional work was needed to be complete before operations could start. Handwritten signs at the entrance on Friday advised would-be customers that the store was not yet open. A second-generation cop who smoked cigars, ran marathons, worked a side job at a Coney Island amusement park, and jokingly put Adventurer on his business card. Detective Louis Scarcella had built a reputation for closing cases. The now-retired sleuth has been frank about lying to suspects, even praying with them to elicit information. In the 1980s and 90s, he got confession after confession. Prosecutors got conviction after conviction. But in the past nine years, nearly 20 murder and other convictions have been tossed out after the defendants accused Scarcella of coercing or inducing false confessions and bogus witness identifications, which he denies. The same prosecutor's office that won those convictions ended up repudiating most of them. A New York State trooper should have been disciplined for getting romantically involved with then-Governor Andrew Cuomo's adult daughter while serving on the Democrats' security detail, the state inspector general said in a report. The watchdog report released Friday comes two years after the relationship and the trooper's apparent banishment to a post near the Canadian border became the subject of newspaper headlines. There was public speculation at the time that Cuomo had personally ordered the trooper transferred to a post about 150 miles north of the governor's mansion because he was upset about the relationship. The report by Inspector General Lucy Lang does not address whether the governor requested the trooper's transfer. 
Cuomo spokesman Rich Azapardi said Friday that he had no role in it. The report also does not say which of Cuomo's three daughters were involved. On August 18th, New York State Police at Ithaca arrested a woman for the Class E felony of grand larceny in the fourth degree. A trooper was dispatched by Tompkins County 911 to a report of a larceny taking place at the Target on Catherwood Road in the village of Lansing. The trooper was assisted by a Tompkins County Sheriff's Sergeant who spotted the vehicle that Fairchild got into leaving the store parking lot. A traffic stop was initiated on North Triphammer Road and Graham Road. An investigation revealed that Fairchild, who was the passenger in the vehicle, had left Target without paying for numerous electronics and houseware items, totaling over $1,000. She was arrested and transported to State Police Ithaca for processing. She was issued an appearance ticket to the Lansing Town Court on September 15, 2022, when the driver of the vehicle was not charged. It's 909. You're listening to WMBF, where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. You know, National Weather Service forecast for downtown Binghamton. Right now, maybe the high 60s, pretty humid outside. Today, showers and possibly a thunderstorm, a high near 77 degrees, 80% chance of rain. Tonight, showers likely and possibly a thunderstorm before 7 p.m., then a chance of showers and thunderstorms after 7 p.m. Mostly cloudy, a low near 62, a 60% chance of rain. Tomorrow, chance of showers before 11 a.m., then a chance of showers and thunderstorms between 11 a.m. and 1 p.m., and then showers likely and possibly a thunderstorm after 1 p.m. Mostly cloudy, a high near 78, chance of rain 70%. Tomorrow night, showers likely and possibly a thunderstorm before 7 p.m., then a chance of showers and thunderstorms between 7 p.m. and 8 p.m., Patchy fog after midnight, otherwise partly cloudy, a low near 58 degrees, a 60% chance of rain. Wednesday, patchy fog in the morning, otherwise sunny with a high near 85, and Wednesday night mostly clear with a low around 58. You're listening to WMBF for News Breaks First, News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. And away we go. Bob Joseph, Monday morning, getting it started at 607-772-1290. Who will be lucky? Listener number one, the first person to get through on those hotlines. 607-772-1290. I'd love to speak with you about the weather. Or almost anything else. If you have something to describe... Something you saw over the weekend, maybe, maybe you should call. You can also email the program, bob at wnbf.com. We're here for you. And let's face it, the host only serves as a facilitator. It's the callers who make the program what it is. Including Ron from Binghamton, congratulations, you're the first caller of the week. Thank you, Bob. When uh, will I be receiving my certificate? Um, soon as we get a certificate budget. Oh, remember, we're we're working for corporate media. We have no money. If anything, you may have to give us money. In fact, how much are you willing to pledge for a continuation of fine service like this? We we have a $10,000 goal this hour. How much are you willing to pledge? Well, uh, do I get a, like a little incentive gift? 
for pledging. I mean, you usually get, you know, I could get the best of Bob Joseph. Sure, uh, sure, you get a complimentary jar of Vegemite. I, I, I'm sorry, I don't like Vegemite. <laughs> anyway, so uh, what what is on um, the, the top of your mind as we start this brand new week? Well, I, I was uh, listening uh, to the news just before you came on, and there was a mention of uh, the airport. And, you know, I didn't get the, the exact story about uh, an airline maybe getting connected here to, to uh, Broome County Airport. I, I, I'm not sure, but actually that just provoked me to call about airplanes and uh, – I thought I'd ask you, here's a kind of trivia question, and, you know, the people out there, your um, devotees want to know, hey, Bob, when was the first time you took a flight? You were on an airplane. When was that? Did you remember? Mm, 1979, I think. I think it was 1979. I think that's when it was. Yeah, Okay. Uh, do you remember where you flew to and all of that? I think I flew to BWI. A BWI? Yeah. Did you say? A BWI, uh, that would be? I think it's Baltimore, Washington. I don't know. It's oh, it's uh, outside okay. Washington. And then I think on the flight back, I think we had to fly out of, I don't know if it was National Airport. It wasn't Reagan National Airport then. Um well, maybe it was out of Baltimore both times, but uh, yeah, I I've always enjoyed my my flights out of uh, out of Binghamton. Yeah, um, do you recall? Well, of course you recall. I I used to live in Buffalo years ago, and I used to fly down to the New York City area with some regularity, and I used to fly on Mohawk Airlines. You remember Mohawk? Yeah, fortunately, I never had to fly them, but i i do I do remember reading about the Mohawks. Yeah, they had a very interesting uh, tagline uh, printed on their plane. Did you know that? I thought it was just an awful tagline for an air airplane to have, but they they had an air uh, a saying that it said, "What goes up must come down." I, I just didn't think that fit. Is that true? No. Okay, I didn't think it was true, but you never know. I mean, yeah. you know, Johnny Mohawk may have had a, a sense of humor, probably. That kind of slogan on your uh, Mohawk airline or your planes probably wouldn't wouldn't generate lots of repeat customers, but who knows? Some people, yeah. some people who fly enjoy it regardless of what the company's slogan is. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it was a good idea back in those days. Also, the Mohawk pilots would, would uh, come on the plane. Some of them would wear a scarf and, you know, that little helmet. I, I thought that was bad. Yeah. Also, they did have, and this is true, uh, uh, Mohawk Airlines had a promotion that went on for a while. And it was, um, I took the flights from Buffalo to Newark, and they had a beer and pizza flight. From New, New York, from Buffalo to Newark, so you you could get on and enjoy beer and pizza while you were flying down. Uh, kind of a homey thing, I thought. 
Do you know what Mohawk Airlines originally was called? Oh, take a chance, Airlines. Robinson Airlines. Robinson Airlines. Yeah. Yeah. And then they changed the name about 70 years ago in, I think, August 1952. Then it became Mohawk Airlines. According to the newspaper, uh, they were going to, 70 years ago, they were going to start service between Buffalo and Albany with stops at Utica, Syracuse, and Rochester. That's according to the newspaper. Robinson Airlines, do you know what kind of planes they flew? Only the best. Ah, ah, ah. I, can I, do you have time? I, I, I want to tell you a, an airplane story that involves Binghamton and Broome County Airport. Um, do you have time? Oh, I have all the time in the world, Ron. Okay, okay. Well, back, actually, this was 30 years ago, 1992. Took a trip from left, left Binghamton, and the final destination was Sydney, Australia. So it was a long uh, bit of flying. You flew from Binghamton to Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh to L.A., and L.A. to Sydney. Uh, when in Australia, did a lot of flying within Australia. Then was coming back. And the interesting story is the coming back part. Uh, flew from Sydney to L.A. and then L.A. to Pittsburgh. Now, the L.A. to Pittsburgh was to arrive in Pittsburgh at like 8 p.m., which which it did. It was everything was on time for that whole bit of flying. Sydney within Australia, everything was perfect. The only problem was flying from Pittsburgh to Binghamton at the very the tail end of this whole experience, and got uh, got to the gate uh, in Pittsburgh to fly to Binghamton. It was uh, the flight was supposed to take off at nine thirty, and it said delayed. So it was delayed till 1030, and then it was delayed further. So we didn't get in the air to till around midnight. And so we flew out of Pittsburgh at midnight. And while we were, we were coming in to uh, Binghamton, and the pilot got on, and he said, uh, sorry to report, but there's uh, not enough ceiling. You know, there's too much, um, too much uh, fog or whatever, not enough ceiling. So we're going to have to look for someplace else to land. So he uh, got off for a while, came back on, and he said, hey, everybody's closed is the way he put it. Everybody's closed. So we're going back to Pittsburgh. So we flew from Pittsburgh to Pittsburgh, and we got into Pittsburgh about 2.30 a.m., and uh, they put us up in a, in a hotel for about two and a half, three hours, picked us up, took us back to the Pittsburgh airport, and we took off that next morning from the Pittsburgh airport, and the pilot got on. And what got me was it was the same pilot that was flying last night, so I figured he only got a couple of hours sleep, if any sleep. And he got on, and he said, oh, sorry about last night, and then proceeded to say, because there was fog, uh, as it is today, 
we're just about going to make it. I thought that was a heck of a thing for a pilot to say. I don't know. You know, they train pilots to say we're just about going to make yeah, it. Yeah, no, that's that's a faux pas. Pilots are uh, trained. They're trained. Um, how can you? How can I describe it? Pilots receive very, very, very specific training about what they actually say to the the passengers because the whole point of of being the captain the biggest biggest thing of course well the biggest thing is you have to get the plane there i mean people can be replaced the the, the plane is very expensive so the plane has to arrive unscathed as far as the people eh that'd be nice if you could get all the people there uh, to the destination, but mainly get the equipment to the next airport because if it's out of position, that's going to really uh, have a bad effect on the schedule. But the other thing that the captain is instructed to do is under all circumstances, no matter what you say or don't say, don't ever do anything that could cause any kind of alarm. So everything, I mean, whether you're going to, whether you're about to go through some weather, whether there's an equipment issue, which is a, a euphemism, an equipment problem. Um, they're they're trained to be very, very, very discreet and provide an extremely limited amount of information. The theory is the less you know, the better. Because say if they start saying, "Well, we've got um, we we have a situation here on the flight deck. Uh, we we have a bunch of." Uh, warning lights now that are lighting up here on the panel, and to be honest with you, uh, they, they could be, <laughs> they could be, they could be uh, faulty indicators, or it could mean that this is, uh, you know, the end of my career as I know it. But they have to be extremely discreet. I mean, let's face it: if you're flying, whether it's uh, one of these fifty-passenger regional jets out of Binghamton or one of the larger aircraft, you don't want anyone. You don't want any passenger to be uh, upset. Many people are already nervous as it is. I mean, personally, I like flying. I don't fly that much anymore because I have no reason to. Plus, these days, it's too expensive to fly much. But um, I enjoy flying. I, I, I wish the prices would go down, or I wish they would give me a discount because I'm a good guy. You know, Bob, uh, you're, you're no doubt familiar with the movie Airplane, that tongue-in-cheek movie. Surely I am. Well, there's a great scene, what you, what you just said, uh, about pilots being instructed to say the right thing. And, of course, that goes for the stewards on the plane, the flight attendants. Uh, I love the scene in the Airplane movie, in keeping with what you said, the uh, flight attendant comes out and gets on the microphone, and the people are all sitting there. You see them. And she says, I've got some news. She said, one of the engines is on fire and has fallen off the plane. And they don't make a sound. They just listen. No problem. Then she says, the pilot has been poisoned and has passed out. No problem. And then she says, and we're also out of coffee. And everyone goes berserk. That. That's a big problem. You never, even if you run out of coffee, you don't announce it. I mean, the most important thing, say, on a, a flight, if you're out of coffee or beer or wine, don't make an announcement. I mean, if somebody asks you, can I have 
Coffee? Well, then you say in a hushed tone, I'm sorry, we're out of coffee. Can I get you a beer? Um, but don't make a, a general announcement that you're out of anything. I mean, I, I, there's nothing, there's no upside to ever making a general announcement that we've run out of anything just to uh, break the the bad news to those who need to know. Otherwise, the other 95% of the passengers don't really need to know. And, you know, if you tell them something like that, even if they didn't want coffee or whatever, that'll cause some sort of undue anxiety because they'll think, gee, they couldn't even plan to have enough coffee. Gee, I wonder if they put enough fuel in the tank. Yeah. See what you I'm know, saying? Uh, you, you could say, uh, well, don't tell them you're out of coffee. Say something more benign, like we're going to land on the Hudson River. <laughs> you know, sometimes I wish I was on that flight. Really? But most of the times I'm, I'm glad I wasn't. Sometimes I wish I was because then I could have made a lot of money writing a book. Oh, yeah. See what I'm saying? You know, mm-hmm. yes. Captain Sully did all the hard work, but passenger Bob trying to cash in on the great work of a very talented and very skilled pilot, you know, Bob Joseph. Seat B4 tells his story, a perspective, the true perspective that, and and I would go on all the interview shows, including Fox, including Newsmax, including that conspiracy theorist. I'd go on every channel promoting my book and saying how great it is. So yeah, I'm sure it would be a great could, book. You could say you were you were flying back to Binghamton, New York, and the, 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 the trauma that you experienced was you weren't going to have a speedy that day. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Thank you, Ron. <laughs> Caller number one. WNBF, let's take another call. Brenda from Shenango Forks. Good morning. Good morning, Bob. Uh, listen, I just wanted to say, if everybody didn't hear in the county, that, and I heard this, I don't know if you did, that uh, Governor Cuomo's daughter was having an affair with a state trooper. So why do we hear about this after the fact? Is my question. And why do we care? Why do we care? Why do I care? Uh, why? Why? Really why would I care? Saying, uh, maybe some strings were being pulled there. Some uh, what was whatever, being what? Anyway. I, I can't stand Governor Cuomo anyway. Did you say his string and was really, being pulled? I said maybe they were pulling some strings behind the closed door. I don't think that's what it was, if you know what I mean. I don't. I don't want to put. I don't want to put too fine a point on it because I. This is radio, and the family may be listening. But you know what I'm saying. I really don't care because I can't stand the family. Then uh, the stuff with Trump. With Trump. <laughs> I know I gotta laugh because it makes me want to vomit. Actually, it's so sick. But people are people. But you know what? I guess they don't have no goddamn morals anymore. They really don't. When you got a professional status like that level, I don't know. But anyway, I guess uh, that's just you know, I, my opinion. I I think I'll I'll tell you what I think about the two former guys from Queens. I think they ought to uh, shack up together. I think. Uh, <laughs> Last I knew, and I know no one really cares, but I think somebody had reported that even a year after he got kicked out of the executive mansion, his public housing, Andrew Cuomo is still technically homeless. So what I think is that other former guy from Queens, who seems to have a lot of space down at Mar-a-Lago, if he was a really caring person, he would invite his 
friend, the other for, uh, former guy. They, they could call it the Former Guys Club. They could have uh, Anthony Weiner. They could have uh, Elliot Spritzer. Who else could they have down at the Former Guys Club? All, all the people who had to leave early, they could be members of the Former Guys Club. Eric Schneiderman. You know, people who had to leave early, and they could all hang out down at Mar-a-Lago with the former guys. Yeah. Yeah, and have uh, Big Macs and um, Baconators. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Yep. So, sounds like a plan. I appreciate your call. It's 929 coming up next. A global exclusive. The surprise you've been waiting for is coming up momentarily. As they say on the radio, don't touch that dial. This is Bob Joseph, WNBF 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and streaming live at WNBF.com. News Radio 
Broome County, but if you look at all the counties we serve in New York and Pennsylvania, which is 24, we've only issued two flash flood warnings this year, the entire year. And that includes, you know, the spring snowmelt floods and everything. Um, last year at this time, we were pushing 90 flash flood warnings. So it's a big difference. Wow. So this rain is pretty good. This rain, you know, I think it'll, it'll help a little bit. All right. Well, we had uh, an inquiry from a listener. Stephen in Binghamton had asked me on on Friday afternoon because apparently I made some sort of uh, reference to a precipitation deficit locally, and he wanted to know what I based that on. Was I accurate that there is a local precipitation deficit? For the summertime. All right, that's that's all I needed to know. I received this inquiry, and the uh, listener said, looking for truth and accuracy in media news, but not finding it much. And I just I, I felt really, really discouraged. I couldn't get any sleep over the weekend because I thought maybe I made a mistake. No, he it's correct. And another thing is, one of the things that has happened this winter, which actually I think people actually kind of like, at least I do, is the humidity has been lower, and we've had less clouds until very recently, until just this week. Obviously, it's a very uh, rainy day Monday, I guess you would say, right, Uh, and cloudy. But we've had a lot of sunshine this summer, which is unusual for Binghamton. (laughs) So that also has led to the soils drying out. So it's not just the precipitation deficit, which really isn't all that much, you know, almost three inches. It's not really that much. If you think about it, we average about almost 40 inches of rain a year. So three inches is a small number, but it's more about the fact that humidity's been low and we've had less clouds and a lot of sunshine. So it's actually been kind of a nice summer, and it, it's led to the soils being a little bit drier than they should be. So we're not in a, anything serious when it comes to drought. I mean, our water supply is at least still at this point holding up well, and certainly the rains that we're getting today and you know, have a little more this afternoon and, and even tomorrow. You know, just beneficial rains. I don't see the only thing that could happen is you never know. You never know if a storm or something could pop up in an urban area where there's always you know poor drainage issues. So that would be about the only the only real threat of any kind of flooding, if you will, is just the typical underpasses and areas that have poor drainage. If we happen to get a heavy rain shower in those specific areas, and we all know where they are. Oh, but as we far do. As the stream, mm-hmm. Yeah, as far as the streams and creeks go and the river, I mean, you know, it's this is nothing. This is, like I said, beneficial rains for most of us. But, you know, if you're going to be out and about in the city or in areas where you know that there's some underpasses that tend to collect water and it's pouring rain out, yeah, you might want to be careful in those areas. But aside from that, I you know, it's not the kind of rain that's going to, you know, cause our streams and creeks to go crazy like we've seen in years past. So that, again, not very pleasant to be outside in the rain, but certainly beneficial, beneficial, especially for those who have gardens and certainly our farmers, you know, that have crops and everything. So it's overall more of a positive thing than negative. So that's what I would say. All right. Well, the thing that always worries me when we 
run a little bit short on water is the city of Binghamton is dependent on the Susquehanna River to get uh, most of its water. It does have the city of Binghamton does have a secret well where they use some groundwater, and but they won't let me tell you where it is. But uh, I would say ninety ninety five percent of the city of Binghamton's water supply comes from the Susquehanna River, and when it ever gets that low, I sometimes wonder will they have enough water. I I can't I really don't know like what at what level does the city of Binghamton have have issues I really don't I've seen the river this low before I mean right now we're running at 1.83 feet so it's a little bit less than two feet which is pretty low yeah it doesn't uh, seem like it'd be a lot of water for the intake over there near the uh, the uh, water water plant but then again i'm no expert and the other thing is that we know is they won't answer our questions about it so it's it's better you and i talk about it because nobody else will provide well information about how it works well in all honesty we this rain that we're expecting to get like i said has been kind of beneficial the river our river forecast actually has the river approaching three feet by tuesday evening so you know that's and if you look at how much water is flowing in the Susquehanna right now, the flow is very, very light. I mean, we've got about, oh gosh, about 700, uh, 700 cubic feet per second, which is pretty small, but it, the, the flow is going to double to 1,500 cubic feet per second. So All right. the, the river will be flowing more. It's going to be low, but it will be flowing. So I, I've seen the river this low before, and I don't, and again, I'm not an expert on water supply. I don't, you know, but I've seen the river this low before, and I don't recall us having any concerns about water. So, you know, what I, used I, to happen sometimes, Dave, when it got this low, um, what happened is you would get this algae bloom in the river. And so all of Binghamton's water would smell like chlorinated algae. It, it, it had it had the it had all the deliciousness of uh, Perrier that had spoiled. Oh, okay. Oh, for, fortunately that hasn't happened yet. But gosh, if that happens, don't expect me to drink it. Well, here's the other thing that we've got going for us is we have a reservoir. We have a couple reservoirs upstream. I know they're flood protection. But I've noticed that they're holding the water up there. It seems like the water is a little bit higher, like at Whitney Point, for instance. Actually, they're actually running. Actually, no, it's not true. They're running slightly lower. Hmm. Because I've been up there. It seems like the water levels are a little bit higher, but they're actually running a little bit lower now. You know, the the, the reservoirs store up water, and they can release water and increase the flow of the river if they need to. So that's another that's another thing that I think we would have going for us because we got the Whitney Point Dam and the East City Dam. Now they're again they're flood control structures. They're they're meant to hold water back so that we you know take the river height down. Like if it's pouring rain and they're holding water back, it's going to keep the river lower than it otherwise would be. So they they are they are water supply structures. They're they're flood control structures. Uh, but they certainly if they were to in, you know, if the river really got low, I bet you they would. I, I mean, I would imagine if it was a, an emergency, they would probably, you know, let some of the water out and get the rivers flowing again. But I don't know for sure. Yeah, I don't know I'm for sure either. Plan. I mean, I'm sure there's a plan. I mean, well, I'm sure there's a plan, but it's secret. 
Yeah, and I, <laughs> that's what yeah, that's I, what bothers me. They they always say we have a plan, but it's secret and we can't talk about it. That's that's what I worry about. Every time you ask, it's like, oh yeah, we've got that covered. And it's like, well, can you explain? It's like, no, it's secret. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> all right. Let's just stick to the weather. Oh yeah, we don't want. Oh, oh Dave, we don't want trouble. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I don't know much about any of this. All I know is what I've seen historically around here and. I've seen the river this low before, and I have not, at least in the news, I haven't heard of any water shortages. In the right. Well, I was. the good news is I was at Wegmans a couple days ago, and Wegmans in Johnson City seems to have plenty of water. So in the event Binghamton runs out, we can all go to Wegmans and buy some. <laughs> right? Yeah, let's, let's not worry about that. You know what? Honestly, the, generally speaking, what happens is the driest time of the year is August and September. So it'll probably continue to be fairly dry. And then once it starts getting colder in the fall, the jet stream kicks back in. And next thing you know, it's raining and snowing and everything will fill back up again. And it's just, I, you know, I, I have the feeling we will be just fine. That's just my gut feeling. All right. And then we also have to worry about the tropical storm season. Well, that's what I was going to ask about, because if I'm not mistaken, all of our biggest problems the last time with the so-called dry September happened around September 8th in 2011. So what I'm concerned about now, we've been going through a, a dry spell, and now does this mean we're start going to start having a bunch of big floods like the 1,000-year floods and 10,000-year floods? What do you think? I, I, I don't. I can tell you this: um, the tropical, see, the tropical storm hurricane season has been very delayed in the, in the Atlantic this year. I mean, it's just been very, very quiet. And I, there's some signs that around Labor Day or so, and then into September, it's really going to ramp up. So, yeah, let's hope they stay away from us, because even in a drought, if we had a a, a tropical cyclone that dropped enough rain, it would not matter. It would quickly turn into something bad. Okay. Um, so, yeah, always got to, yeah, September, you always got to watch out for those tropical storms, even into October some years. So that's something we'll be keeping our eye on up here. And, you know, we're, it's just, it's what we deal with every year. And we've been very lucky, knock on wood. Um, and hopefully we'll stay that way. But you never know what Mother Nature's going to throw at us. So No, and don't worry. I still have FEMA on speed dial, so in case <laughs> case we need uh, FEMA, of course, most of those guys now have already retired since 2011. But at least I still have, I think, their office number. So just in case, sometime in the next four to six weeks, I'll be able to get through. Yeah, maybe. But I, I don't, I, let's just keep our fingers crossed. We don't deal with anything like that. Right. Now, but let's, yeah, it's something something to keep in mind so all right well let's get back to um our more immediate forecast looking ahead for the next uh two or three days we do see uh a a little bit more rain but then it it appears that starting actually starting wednesday it looks like we may have uh some sunny days ahead actually uh, several sunny days possible yeah i mean in the next couple days it's going to be a lot of you know rain showers and like i mean it's not raining now but we just had a nice shower go through the Binghamton area. At least here at the airport, it's not raining. Maybe, maybe just departing the city. Um, and then, but there's some more this afternoon and evening, and more tonight, and more. Is it again on and off type of showers type stuff? Not all day rain type stuff. All the way into 
in a Tuesday night, but then it tapers off Tuesday night and Wednesday, um, you know, mostly sunny, high near 85. Not bad, huh? And then Thursday, sunny, 87. Maybe a few showers, just a few isolated showers on Friday, but 85. And then the weekend, which we all love the weekend, right? 85, sunny. Sunday, mostly sunny, 86. So very, very nice late summer weather coming in. So I, mean, I don't think we can complain about that. So No, that, that. that sounds very yeah. good. So for looking ahead, say, the next 24 to 36 hours, what do you think the total average precipitation will be across our region? Yeah, the rainfall is looking like around an inch or so. You know, give or take. And again, some areas, you know, you know, this time of year, you know, if an area gets a thunderstorm, you know, five miles away, they don't quite get into the core of that storm. The very the, the amount of precipitation can vary quite a bit from one area to another. I don't think anybody's gonna get more than two inches of rain, but it's gonna probably average out to around an inch of rain or so, maybe a, a slightly more, which again, this time of year we can handle it. Uh it, Unless it comes down really heavy in a poor drainage area, like we talked about earlier. Earlier, but overall, it just looks like a, a beneficial type of rain. And then we have nice weather the rest of the week, which you know we'll take it, right? Absolutely, Dave Nicosia from the National Weather Service. I thank you and your team high atop Mount Ettrick. Always appreciate your uh, uh, factual information, and uh, we'll look forward to actually. Hopefully in the next uh, few weeks we'll have you here in the studio and we'll talk about uh, a wide array of weather topics. Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. All right, have a good day. And, of course, as uh, is often the case when you're on, we'll have uh, Natalie Merchant from Western New York uh, wrap up the segment because that's the way we like it. That's a lot more positive. Yes, <laughs> that, that opening thing with Karen and Richard Carpenter, if, if that thing had gone on for a few more seconds, I think we, we both would have signed off and said, what, what's the point of carrying on if this Monday is going to be that dismal? <laughs> it, which it uh, isn't. So anyway, thank you, Dave, as always. Hope you have a great day and uh, enjoy your week. You too. Thank you. It's 948 News Radio with the information you need. Keep yourself and your family safe from WNBF and WNBF.com. That's much more upbeat. Bob Joseph with you on a Monday morning. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be taking calls in a moment. If you want to get in line, do so by calling 607-772-1290. Now would be a good day to go look for a car because perhaps you had plans. Maybe you were going to have some sort of Monday picnic or going to do something outdoors with the lawn or whatever. Well, Maybe those plans have been changed because of the rain. Well, people at the Miller Auto Team on the Parkway Investal are there for you, and they can help you. Yes, they have indoor accommodations with their showroom at 4455 Vestal Parkway East, right across from Binghamton University. If you're looking for 
a brand new vehicle, a new Honda or Hyundai, or if you're looking for something used, they can tell you what the options are. They can find a vehicle that's appropriate for you or for any family member. Miller Motors on the Parkway in Vestal. They're open today till 7, tomorrow from 9 to 7. Stop by, see what they have to offer. Get some reliable transportation. If you're going to plan a late summer or early autumn adventure, make sure you have dependable transportation. From Miller Motors on the Parkway in Vestal, you can get more information at MillerAutoTeam.com. The Illuminate 44522. Don't wait. Call now. 800-324-4522. 800-324-4522. Are you drowning in IRS tax debt? I owe the IRS $37,000. Get ready for a toll-free hotline. Take advantage of new IRS tax forgiveness programs that may protect you from IRS collection agencies. They have the power to garnish your wages, put liens on your property, and levy your bank account. Civic Tax Relief can help protect you from the IRS. Civic Tax Relief basically represented me against the IRS, and by the time everything was completed, I didn't owe the IRS anything. Find out about the Fresh Start program that is now available through Civic Tax Relief. Civic Tax Relief's special tax hotline can help you discover all the relief programs available for free. I would recommend anyone who has a tax problem to contact Civic Tax Relief. Just call 800-324-4522. 800-324-4522. Don't wait. Call now. 800-324-4522. 800-324-4522. Hope you're feeling good with News Radio WNBF. So good, so good. I got you. Larry from Kirkwood. Good morning. You're on the air. Yeah, I do feel good, sir. How are you? Excellent. Thank you. So, you guys are talking about uh, the weather there. I well remember when we had that massive flooding. Years ago, like this, it had to be at least 10, 11 years now. Man, that was a nightmare, wasn't it? Yeah, it was terrible. So, it's as they say, it's the next flood is always just around the corner. Yep. And then I remember on the opposite end when we had that terrible drought. Oh, I think that was a few years before that. That was, I mean, we're not so well off. Uh, today with the lack of rain, but nothing compared to what that was, as I remember. Well, I don't mind a drought. I can always go to Wegmans and buy water. The flooding, the flooding, I mind. I, I mind with the roads closed and the electricity off. Uh, a drought, give me a drought any day. I'll, I'll just go to some store and buy water. <laughs> okay, Bob, have a good day. All right, thanks. Yeah. I don't need any flooding. Enough. Enough with these floods. Oh, it's a hundred-year flood. No, it's a thousand-year flood. No, it's a million-year flood. Well, then how come we have them so often? That's what I have to ask. It's You know what? It's climate change, people. It's only going to get worse. 
according to climatologists. Listening to News Radio WNBF, 1290 AM, 92.1 FM, and always available on the free WNBF app. Your new career. The soothing sounds of news radio, WNBF, WNBF.com, on a Monday morning with your friends, Bob Joseph. It will be a rainy day and a Monday, but don't let it get you down. Here's the official forecast from the National Weather Service. Some more showers, maybe a thunderstorm today. High 77, perhaps three-quarters of an inch of rain today. Tonight, more showers and thunderstorms possible. Low 64 tomorrow. Cloudy, some showers and thunderstorms early in the day. A high 78. And Wednesday should be nice, mostly sunny, high 85. National Weather Service says the showers and thunderstorms today may produce locally heavy rainfall, and that could cause a few areas of poor drainage flooding or localized flash flooding. Right now, in downtown Binghamton, it's 66 at News Radio, live and local. On your Monday morning, We have more calls coming up and a special guest next hour as well. It's all for you on News Radio WNBF Binghamton. It's 10 o'clock. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. Authorities say an 18 year old man was killed when he was struck by a vehicle in Tioga County. According to state police, the incident happened around 10.20 Saturday night on Route 17C in the town of Barton. Investigators said the man was pronounced dead at the scene. State police questioned the driver of the vehicle, whose name was not released, and troopers were assisted by Tioga County Sheriff's deputies. The Broome County Aviation Commissioner believes the proposed merger between JetBlue and Spirit Airlines may potentially be good news for the Greater Binghamton Airport. Mark Hefner said while some people might look at the merger and say there's one less airline, he views the situation as more of an opportunity. In an interview with WMBF News, Hefner said it allows me to talk to an airline that's just merged and is going to look to increase their footprint. The aviation commissioner said he views it as an opportunity for us. He noted somebody's got to feed the larger airlines. He said there are some smaller airlines that are moving forward with additional day service in the United States. Airlines have been dealing with big challenges over the past couple years because of the COVID-19 pandemic that resulted in many pilots and other support workers leaving their jobs. The industry is working to recover from a period of reduced travel as demand for flights has increased dramatically in recent months. Airlines are also facing additional headaches in dealing with the higher cost of fuel. Discounted apparel and footwear items are going to be offered at a new Dick's Sporting Goods Warehouse sale store on the Vestal Parkway. The company has set up shop in the space that had been occupied by a price-right grocery store in the Parkway Plaza. The warehouse sale outlet will be located near the Target department store. It's just a short distance east of the existing full-line Dick's Sporting Goods store in the Town Square Plaza. The price-right store had operated at the site for about seven years. It closed in October 2019. Before that, the space was occupied by a Circuit City Electronics store. 
According to the Dick's Sporting Goods website, the new Vestal Outlet Store's grand opening event was scheduled to run from Friday through Sunday, but additional work needed to be completed before operations could start. Handwritten signs at the entrance on Friday advised would-be customers that the store was not yet open. In the bloody years when killings peaked in New York City, Detective Louis Scarcella built a reputation for closing cases. A second-generation cop who smoked cigars, ran marathons, worked a side job at Coney Island Amusement Park, and jokingly put Adventurer on his business card. The now-retired sleuth has been frank about lying to suspects, even praying with them, to elicit information. In the 1980s and 90s, he got confession after confession, and prosecutors got conviction after conviction. But in the last nine years... Nearly 20 murder and other convictions have been tossed out after defendants accused Scarcella of coercing or inducing false confessions and bogus witness identifications, which he denies. The same prosecutor's office that won those convictions ended up repudiating most of them. A New York State trooper should have been disciplined for getting romantically involved with then-Governor Andrew Cuomo's adult daughter while serving on the Democrats' security detail, the State Inspector General said in a report. The watchdog report released Friday comes two years after the relationship and the trooper's apparent banishment to a post near the Canadian border became the subject of newspaper headlines. There was public speculation at the time that Cuomo had personally ordered the trooper transferred to a post about 150 miles north of the governor's mansion because he was upset about the relationship. The report by Inspector General Lucy Lang does not address whether the governor requested the trooper's transfer. Cuomo's spokesman, Rich Azapardi, said Friday that he had no role in it. The report also does not say which of Cuomo's three daughters was involved. On August 18th, New York State Police at Ithaca arrested Miranda Fairchild of Cortland, New York, for the Class E felony of grand larceny in the fourth degree. A trooper was dispatched by Tompkins County 911 to a report of larceny taking place at the Target on Catherwood Road in the village of Lansing. The trooper was assisted by a Tompkins County Sheriff's Sergeant who spotted the vehicle that Fairchild got into leaving the store parking lot. A traffic stop was initiated on North Triphammer Road and Graham Road. An investigation revealed that Fairchild, who was the passenger in the vehicle, had left Target without paying for numerous electronics and houseware items, totaling over $1,000. Fairchild was arrested and transported to State Police Ithaca for processing. She was issued an appearance ticket to the Lansing Town Court on September 15, 2022. The driver of the vehicle was not charged. It's 10.09. You're listening to WMBF, where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. National Weather Service forecast for downtown Binghamton. Right now about 69 degrees, overcast and cloudy outside. Today, showers and possibly a thunderstorm, a high near 77 degrees and 80% chance of rain. Tonight, showers likely and possibly a thunderstorm before 7 p.m., then a chance of showers and thunderstorms after 7 p.m., mostly cloudy with a low near 62 degrees, a 60% chance of rain. Tomorrow, a chance of showers before 11 a.m., then a chance of showers and thunderstorms between 11 a.m. and 1 p.m., then showers likely and possibly a thunderstorm after 1 p.m., mostly cloudy, a high near 78, a 70% chance of rain. Tomorrow night, showers likely and possibly a thunderstorm before 7 p.m., then a chance of showers and thunderstorms between 7 p.m. and 8 p.m. Patchy fog after midnight, otherwise partly cloudy, a low near 58, a 60% chance of rain. Wednesday, patchy fog before 10 a.m., otherwise sunny with a high near 85. Wednesday night, mostly clear, a low near 58. You're listening to WMBF, where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. 
Bob Joseph. Very happy this morning. Beneficial rain, that is. Yes. And we welcome you back to the big broadcast. Taking calls at 607-772-1290. If you would like to report on the rain in your neighborhood, if you see it raining, please call us now, 607-772-1290. Joined now by Joanne Hanrahan with the Friends of the Broome County Public Library. Good morning. Good morning. I love that song you were just playing. That was a good song to dance to. Yes. So any of you baby boomers out there, I would give that song a 10. Thank you. It's great to dance to. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it brings back some memories back in the day, as they say. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, uh, it's uh, almost time for another important book sale at the Broome County Public Library in downtown Binghamton. Yes. Uh, this week, um, our members-only sale is on Thursday. And all of our sales are from 9.30 to 3.30. So if you aren't a member of the Friends, you can come in and join. It's a yearly membership. It's $25 for a family, $15 for an individual, $10 for seniors or students. And that gives you the chance to come in every Thursday before our regular sale to buy all the books that you would like. So that's Thursday. Then Friday we are open to the public. And then Saturday is our $5 bag sale. And our room is full of books. Um, we actually have to pack up some books because we have so many. Our bookshop is normally opened um, Monday through Friday from 12 to 4. But during the book sale, uh, we are open from 9 to 4 um, during the book sales. So we'll have that going. But I do have some special news. Um, if all of you were reading the newspaper, you saw how desperate some people are for food. So I gave uh, the director of Chow, his name is Les, I gave him a call and I said, how can we help? So we are going to have Chow barrels at the library on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday during our book sale. And anybody who brings in donations to help fill those barrels will receive a ribbon that is good for a dollar off any book in the bookshop and also a dollar off in any book that you buy at our book sale in our permanent book sale room. So please help Chow out. They are desperate. Um, they normally put their bus in our parking lot, and Les said that they did not have enough food to fill the bus to even bring it over. So they are really desperate. And I said, Les, is there anything special that you would like people to donate? He said, Joanne, we need everything. So please help the friends uh, help Chow collect food um, this this week from uh, Thursday through Saturday. All right. Well, I'm glad that you saw the need and decided to uh, take the the matter into your own hands to try to help people. Thank you very much, Bob. You know, our, our community is, is so great. Um, we are receiving tons of donations of books, and I'm sure that people shopping um, this week could certainly pick something up very simply and just put it in the barrel for child. And I appreciate everybody for your book donations. And I want to thank you all in advance for all the donations that you'll be bringing for Chow. One other point. I am sure that you would love to have additional people get involved with the Friends of the Broome County Public Library if they want to support the library. 
Absolutely. Um, we always need volunteers. In fact, we are looking for someone who could possibly help us with our bookkeeping. Um, our treasurer, who has been uh, an excellent volunteer for years, um, she needs to take a, a little hiatus from doing it. So we are looking for someone who is familiar either with um, Excel or with QuickBooks um, to help us with our finances. So if there's anyone out there who's interested, please contact the library. Just leave your name and number and tell them you want it to go to Joanne, um, and the library staff will make sure I get it. And then we're also going to need a treasurer. So anyone who wants to come and help, um, listen, we all just have a good time while we're volunteering. We laugh. We joke. We bump into each other while we put books on the shelves, and we giggle, we laugh, and we dance and go crazy in here. So come on and join us. We always have a great time. Well, that's great. You're helping the community and also helping each other. I appreciate it. Joanne Hanrahan, always a pleasure. Hope you have a great week. Thank you very much, Bob. You too, and let's keep the rain coming. We need it. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's good to see some precipitation, finally, after all these weeks. It's 1017. Bob Joseph with you, 607-772-1290 is the number. Or, if you wish, send an email, bob at wnbf.com. With credit With us on this Monday morning, WNBF. Smile here on Candid Radio, 772-1290. Here you code 607. Beverly from the town of Dickinson. Good morning. Good morning, Robert. I um, I got most of my books at the Maple Festival in Marathon. I mean, I got some, I got some nice books. I got about 300 of them. Wow, that's a lot of books. Yeah, well, I've, uh, but the one that was interesting to me, it was a book about Born to Steal. It was a, it was a group uh, about the mafia, and this guy uh, with, with, with Spitzler, uh, he cleaned out New York City with, you know, of the mob. And it was real interesting. And then this guy had to take a different name, and he's in another area. I'm going to say of the world because you, you know, uh, no, no one knows where he went. But that was a darn good book. Yes, I got that up there. I couldn't believe. I couldn't believe it. And then uh, I got a. A book about uh, oh uh, 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 sugar. It was uh, 
about sweet and low, uh, sugar, you wouldn't believe the people who were in on it. The mafia was in on sweet what? and low. Sweet and low? Oh, yeah. Didn't they uh, invent uh, that not. down in Brooklyn? I thought sweet and low was from Brooklyn. Yeah. No. It was, it, uh, I, it, the mafia was in that, the movie stars were, and, oh, I don't know. Every time I went to New York City, I'd look up that book at the park, and I, the guy says, you go to finish your book? I said, yep. And, uh. Geez, that was a that was an interesting book. Even some of the presidents were in on it. Well, now I'm I'm intrigued. I have had to punch this up onto the internet because I didn't you know that the you it, have to get the book. Yeah, now I see a story. It says uh, the short order cook named Ben Eisenstadt and his son Marvin invented. The Sweet and Low at a Brooklyn diner in the 1950s. So I knew it was from Brooklyn. It said the little pink packets of saccharin and dextrose were a national hit. But then the booming business led to a 40-year battle over the family fortune. I'll have to look into that story. I, I didn't know there was anything there. And when you get, when you get, when you get probably the first 20, 20 or 30 pages... You're gonna get you're gonna get really into it. All right. It was real good. The movie stars, the mob, the the mob, and always oh, you wouldn't believe the people who were in on us. Some of the presidents, uh, some of the governors. What about? Were there any people from Appalachian involved? Huh? You think any of the people from Appalachian remember November 1957 with the big fish fest with uh, that that guy in Appalachian with his buddies? Uh, I'm not sure, but I I know there was a lot of gangsters uh, from New York, uh, Chicago, and oh man, that is a book to read. Okay, I'll put that on my list. Okay. Yeah, and let me know how you. Let me know how you how you make out with it. All right. Well, I'll have to you know I'll have to keep track. The odds are I might know a couple of those people. Uh, Born to Steal is another book. It was interesting. All right. Well, that, that gives me um, a couple of things to add to my reading list. I appreciate it. Hope you have a great day. Yeah, you do. Ten twenty four from WNBF. Your official book station, Book Radio, 1290. John from Binghamton, good morning. Hey, Bob, how about rain songs? Uh, in fact, it, it, it got so overpopulated with rain songs that B.J. Thomas had one called Everybody Loves a Rain Song. Uh, <laughs> By the way, you read my mind because I'm, I'm trying to I was trying to come up with a strategy between now and noon to come up with probably at least four to six different rain songs and I, I thought of a couple but i actually i forgot about that bj thomas song well i'm gonna go with uh, i can't stand the rain and peoples and i wish it would rain okay, okay. what about that thing with the um the guy had a roof a hole in his roof the the who did that the uh the Doodle Town Pipers or something. Ooh, ooh, don't let the rain come down. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, yeah that's, that's when uh, folk music was very, very popular in the United States. Yeah. And 
Okay. Yeah, and it went went to crap. You know. Well, I wouldn't I say mean, it went to. It's not the exact oh, expression oh. I would use. Well, it's 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 very easy to tell when a genre or any anything goes downhill. I mean, you had uh, and it's how talent in any field is concentrated, whether it be art, boxing, horse racing. Uh, there's a few years where uh, there's uh, this unbelievable talent, and then it just uh, dissipates. And that's what happened to folk music. I mean, you had the Kingston Trio. And I, look, I don't, I don't like any of this music. I'm just telling you that it was good music. Uh, Limelighters, Brothers Four. Out of that pack came John Denver, came uh, Jim McGuinn. They, uh, Denver was with Chad Mitchell, and Jim McGuinn was with the New Christie Minstrels. But when it got to people like Jim Croce, Croce, Harry Chapin, then you knew it was finished. Because there's one thing about show business that people have forgotten, and every vaudevillian knew. You don't need to lay a bummer on the audience. They're already depressed enough. They want to come out of it. Well, that's actually, what... that's remember, if you were listening about an hour ago, when... I used that Carpenter song, Rainy Days and Monday, to lead into Dave Nicosia. have to admit, the, the opening lyrics there are are almost, I mean, if you weren't despondent before the program came on with those lyrics, if we had kept it going for about another 30 seconds, people would have said, all right, I can't take it anymore. I can't take it. But fortunately, well, we dumped out of it in time. Yeah, especially if it's cu- coupled with the right chords or the wrong chords. Uh, you see it if you know a, a chord uh, a chart can take you into a, a, a bad bad depression. Uh, I would point if you want to listen to some stuff, listen to Peter Allen, the late songwriter. Listen to uh, "I Could Have Been a Sailor." You will, if you're in a normal mental state, you will get very very depressed, almost suicidal on that. And these same chord changes, by the way are used now, and have been used for 20 or so years, in a lot of religious music. Uh, you know, that's not- true. I hadn't, uh, Actually, I don't know that I was really cognizant of that, but you make a good point. One other point I need to ask you about, Blood Rock. What about that? Uh, the name rings a bell, but Capitol Records, I think, Blood Rock. Yes, a yeah. one-hit wonder. Yeah. Talk about a song that'll make you depressed. Yeah, well, uh, it, it's very, very powerful, you know. I mean, just like uh, uh, Onward Christian Soldiers or uh, Mighty Force, Fortresses Are God, very, very powerful. But, I mean, my favorite song of those genres, though, Amazing Grapes. I, I thought that is the way to market wine. I don't know which, it was one of the wineries in, in the Finger Lakes. At first, people thought it was somewhat uh, inappropriate, and then, Amazing wow. grapes, and, and I'm thinking that was genius. I bet they sold lots of cases of their cheap wine. Well, you know, it was the hotbed for musical copyright songs, uh, Christian songs, gospel songs. Was Montrose, Pennsylvania? Uh, uh, with, without, I'd have to uh, really uh, get it together to tell you about it. But that's. That's it. But I, you know, beware of these of of these uh, contemporary Christian songs. Uh, uh, the way they uh, uh, they're very arrogant. They're very uh, presumptuous, uh, and they're downright a lot of them unholy. 
So, uh, you know, this was, this was always the problem when they came up with contemporary, so-called contemporary Christian music. And even none other than the Rochester guy, uh, Joe English, who was with uh, Paul McCartney, who was a feature on the 700 Club way back when and had three or four albums, he admitted that during that period of his life anyway, that it was a complete fraud, that they were spending money on cocaine, that they were so high. What? Uh, what? Oh, yeah. A religious organization that was using some of the revenue on illicit drugs? Come on, man. That's not true. Oh, this is, this is, he was a staple on the 700 Club. He was a, <laughs> he had the, after he left Paul McCartney, he, he allegedly found the Lord and put out these records, the Joe English Band. I think it was on Word Records, I'm not sure. But anyway, uh, he's now a minister down in uh, North or South Carolina. But anyway, uh, he, he admitted that that phase of his life uh, was just a scam, <laughs> just a sham. <laughs> oh, so, my it, gosh. Well, I, I appreciate you. Uh, there's so much now just based on this one call that I'm going to have to do further research on in the coming days. I mean, you well, you, you touched on a number of things, including some of the his, history of Montrose well, that I had no idea about. Well, if you're just – if you're at a mass, and you maybe have to go to a low mass to avoid this stuff. But if you uh, don't hear the Gregorian chants, if you if you don't hear traditional uh, Catholic music, uh, and you find yourself after you're going week after week and 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 not not feeling good about that, I would suggest uh, that you go to the I guess they're called music ministers there. Now a lot of these people can't play those songs. A lot of these people can't play Bach. They they can't they can't play those tunes, but that's really a war. And, and by the way, some of these big writers of this this uh, Catholic praise music uh, have been in uh, involved in, in almost unspeakable wickedness. So uh, always look to music uh, to, uh, to 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 uh, set the tone. And uh, unfortunately, and the only thing I always found amazing about Amazing Grace was that uh, you know. You go to a funeral, and everybody knows this guy was an SOB, you know, and, and, and you know, you've got nothing good to say about him. Nobody has anything good to say about him, and you, you give, it, give him that as a send-off. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, there's so much to unpack from that one call. That was a powerful call. Very, very useful information. And I thank goodness I have the Internet. Thank goodness for the Internet. I, I will be able to learn more of what uh, John touched on. 10.32, more calls coming up, 607-772-1290. This is Bob Joseph on your Monday morning on WNBF 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and streaming live at WNBF.com. Dell's News Radio 12. Joyful Radio, 1290. More joy, more often. Every weekday morning from 9 to noon with Bob Joseph Live. Let's take another call. This will be Dave in Vestal. Good morning. Good morning there, Bob. Hey, you know, I was listening to you and John there, and he was reminding me of, uh, who did gospel music better than Elvis? I mean, I can't believe how good he was at that. Oh, he he was just fantastic. Uh, unbelievable, Bob. Hey, and plus two, um, 
When you guys mentioned uh, B.J. Thomas, what about raindrops falling on raindrops falling on your head there? Oh yeah, There's yeah. A, that well, yeah. when he as soon as he said Billy Joe Thomas, I was thinking he was going to mention that. The other one no, that it, he mentioned, I I don't know that right. I. Um, I'm not sure if I've ever heard it played, but uh, certainly raindrops keep falling on my head. That was uh, a 70s classic. Yeah, and uh, have you ever seen the rain, CCR? Have you ever seen the rain? Remember that song by Creedence Clearwater? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. By, by yeah. the way, John Fogarty, don't get me started. That's all I'm going to say. Don't, don't you, okay. don't you, Dave from Vestal, get me started on John Fogarty, man. Okay. Those CCR. It just makes hey. the whole thing. The the, the what ha- what happened to the old CCR uh, people? It just makes me sad because it didn't have to end that way. But anyway, that's not why you called. No, it, it's not because I was listening to Beverly and uh, her interest in uh, uh, the mob books there, and I called in not too long ago. I think you remember about the Quiet Don there about uh, Russell Buccalino. Remember, I was telling you about that book. I oh, I remember. I remember. Yes, yes. That, that that's for Beverly. Tell her quiet down. And I just finished another one, uh, the Underboss. You know, with uh, Sammy Gravano. The story there with Gotti and all that. Well, anyways, both books discuss Appalachia in there. Tell the whole story in there. And you know, I wanted to tell you when I was on, on with you last time, and you were. We were talking about Barbera and the people there, but anyways, um, my wife and I were—we were in that house in the in, in the nineties at, at a party, Bob. It, the house was unbelievable. What you were there at the house at a party? Yeah. Where where it, the where the fabled the meeting happened? Yes, my wife and I were there because there was a party there uh, back when. The, the, did you know the Burt family owned it then? Yes. It. Yeah, I I, yeah. R- I recall they did own it. Yes, back then at that time. Yeah, my wife and I were in there. The, the place out back was unbelievable. What what a barbecue! What 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 a they called it the pool house. The thing was huge. But I just sat there and I'm looking and I'm thinking, gee, I'm trying to picture these guys running through the weeds and through the woods. It was <laughs> historical. I, I was excited to be there. I thought it was great. It was mm-hmm. great. You know, um, I've never been in the house. I've been by the house, but they won't let me in. Well, maybe they won't let me in because I haven't actually asked them to let me in. But I bet they would because you know I'm I'm usually rather polite, on, except when on on this program. But when I'm not on this program. I'm very polite. <laughs> if you're not on the program, huh? Yeah, when I'm out and about, I can be very polite. You know, people who encounter me out when I'm reporting, they're like, "Wait, you can't be that same guy who's on the on the talk radio." I said, "I am." And they said, "Really? Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. That's hey, fascinating." Well, hey, what, what, one other—I don't know if you knew this, but we talked a little bit of music there on Friday, and, and you played a Raspberry song, Eric Carmen. Did you know, I, I wanted to mention it to you, did you know he was trained as a classical pianist? Did you know he played classical music when he was a kid? Well, I might have known that. If I knew it, I forgot about it. But I will say, um, knowing... What song that he did, All By Myself? The long mm-hmm. version of All By Myself has uh, an extended uh, piano solo. So based on yeah. that, 
based on that, I, I probably would have surmised he had he had some classical music training because I, I enjoyed well, the the piano interlude on on that song. Right. You're right, Bobby. You noticed that. Then. You see, he he was a very good composer. He, he was a bright guy. I mean, talented. He could sing too. Uh, uh, if you want to look look up this song because all by myself doesn't do all the justice. It's called I Can Remember. Look that up and listen to it, and you'll see the classical piano on display. And one of the most beautiful songs never heard, Bob. you got to listen to it. The lyrics, it's a long song, but it's beautiful. I Can Remember. Write it down, and when you have some time and you have a moxie, sit back and listen to it. It's good. All right. I'll, I'll have to check it out because that is new to me. I'm just looking up Eric Carmen now. And um, so I, this is the beauty of the internet. Thank goodness for Al Gore with his internet. You know, certainly he was, hey, hey, Dave. Certainly he was cheated by the Supreme Court out of being a president. But you know, he doesn't need to be president because of his internet invention. So he has that. But um, thanks to the internet, I just found out that. Uh, Eric Carmen is from Ohio. I never knew. I, I mean, I yeah. just had no idea he was born in Cleveland. No, yeah, the band was out of Cleveland. Yeah, they. Uh, well, he he formed the whole thing. I mean, he was the brains behind it all. And you know, if I remember right, they had an underrated guitar player. I believe his name was Wally Bryson, and he's really good. Listen to some of his stuff sometime. I'm pretty sure his name was Bryson. Um, yes, it was. W- Wally Bryson, the the guitarist with the Raspberries, he, he is uh, definitely listed as, as one of the original members. The uh, the thing that's interesting, and in, in this conversation about Eric Carmen does bring up, that a high percentage of people who indeed become well-known because of pop music or even country music or whatever, whatever genre, many of those people indeed received classical music training. And and some are, are remarkably talented at at doing more traditional classical music, but you might not know that because they make a name for themselves through um, you know a, a popular radio hit or a bunch of hits. Because That's if you true, listen, yeah. if you listen to that song by Raspberries, go all the way. You wouldn't necessarily mm-hmm. know that anybody there necessarily had had lots of classical training, and yet, as uh, as a top forty hit, the thing was a masterpiece. No, oh, huge it was huge, but yeah, I can remember Bob. If you get a chance, do that. Um, listen to that song; it's uh, it's really good. All right. Well, let me write. Okay. Wait, I forgot to write it down. What's it called? I can, I I can remember. It's called. All right, I already forgot it. Okay, <laughs> I can remember Eric Carmen. Okay, I have it written down now, so there's at least half a chance that I'll I'll remember to look it up. Thank you so much. Sure, Beth. Take care. Ten forty three WNBF. Yes, we can educate each other. The host learns something. The listeners learn something. It's a good. It's a good relationship. If you'd like to share something, something that's on your mind, it could be musical, it could be meteorological, it could be whatever you want it to be, 607-772-1290. A real person really talking to you in real time. How great is that? Yeah, give me a call. 
Come up with a even a topic we've never discussed before, if you want. 607-772-1290 or send an email to bob at wnbf.com. said the TV meteorologist. There are no numbers in that. Now keep the rain going. Keep it going. Two, three, ten, twenty inches. Oh, is this thing on? (laughs) Now we'll stop the rain at the appropriate time. Don't you worry about a thing. Speaking of rain, in case you were curious, here is the official forecast from the National Weather Service. Showers and possibly a thunderstorm today between one-half and three-quarters of an inch. Possible. Tonight, mostly cloudy. Showers and thunderstorms. Low 64, another one-quarter to one-half of an inch. Possible. Mostly cloudy tomorrow with showers and thunderstorms. High 78, between one-tenth and one-quarter of an inch except higher amounts possible in thunderstorms. The outlook for Wednesday, mostly sunny, high 85. Right now in downtown Binghamton, 66 at WNBF. And for those interested in the hazardous weather outlook, showers and thunderstorms today, some of the thunderstorms may produce locally heavy rainfall, which may cause a few areas of poor drainage flooding or localized flash flooding. If you see a situation, let us know. If you see anything going on maybe with an underpass, let me know. Call me. Bob, the underpass is flooding. Well, then let me know at 607-772-1290. WNBF. WNBF. Oh, by the way, everybody is um, coming in with some good uh, music suggestions. So I bet we'll hear some great music over the next hour on the best talk show in Binghamton. Let's see. (laughs) I can't read that on the air. Oh, come on, man. You know, if you're going to send... Seriously, if you're going to send an email, why don't you send an email that I can read on the air? Some of these things, you know. Oh. I mean, it's funny. But then it's not really appropriate for general audiences. If you know what I mean. Let's see. uh, Oh, I know what I wanted to mention. Not that it makes any difference to you, but I found it of concern. 
Uh, CNN, the longest-running program on the Chicken Noodle News Network. I mean, the uh, cable news network, CNN, they pulled the plug on their longest-running program yesterday. And uh, basically helps to give further support to the fact that uh, the news media, as we know it, is being disassembled, or if you will, dissembled, whatever. It's being taken apart bit by bit. The media infrastructure in this country is going totally down the tubes. And it's not just your newspaper. I mean, your newspaper is your daily example. Uh, Take a look at local newspapers, and it's not limited to New York State. It's a national phenomenon. Uh, Newspapers are being um, totally... Totally wrecked, with the exception of about three papers. There are three newspapers that still look like they uh, they stand a chance to be with us for the long haul. They are called the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and the Washington Post. Those newspapers actually may be the Los Angeles Times. Okay, so out of a great country with 330 million people, when the dust settles, we'll probably have only three or four real newspapers left. That doesn't mean that some companies won't be printing newspapers because we see what's going on now. Oh, you can print a newspaper from out of town and drive it here and give us an occasional local story. And, you know, I I mean, obviously, some of us, continue to subscribe to that journalistic theory but it's not going to last unfortunately but uh what happened yesterday cnn pulled the plug on the reliable sources program the reliable sources with brian stelter and brian stelter he must have one of the thickest skins in the business the bottom line is if you're in the media today, you need to have a thick skin because there are a lot of people, a lot of people who have a bad attitude about the media. And it shows. So they think it's it's their lot in life to attack those in the media. Not just media organizations, but individuals. And Brian Stelter was one of the people who often was targeted it's just nasty, just totally nasty. A lot of the criticism didn't have much to do with anything he did on his program. Sometimes it did. And if you want to criticize people about what they do on their program, if you're specific, if you say, well, you should ask this question or focus on that topic, that's that's potentially helpful commentary, but a lot of the criticism of Brian Stelter was just over the top, which means he probably was doing something right. Anyway, the new people who run CNN don't like Brian Stelter, and they certainly didn't like his program called Reliable Sources, which was a program that focused on the media. And every Sunday, the Reliable Sources program would tackle a few topics, maybe four topics generally, that had been in the uh, news over the past week. And I think 
generally, Brian Stelter did a fairly decent job. Not perfect. Not perfect. I mean, for one thing, I think he overlooked the news crisis that's currently going on in most cities across this country. Certainly, small and medium-sized cities have big problems because newspapers are being dismantled and radio and TV stations are not what they used to be in terms of news coverage. And it seemed to me Brian Stelter tended to overlook those more pressing problems. And maybe, I think, he probably overlooked them on his Reliable Sources media program because he probably concluded, eh, too late, nothing we can do about that. So he focused on the bigger topics. But uh, anyway, Brian Stelter did a classy program, a very interesting program. Couldn't actually see it live, but I heard I heard the audio on a delayed basis. And so he, he did what he could to try to keep the media accountable. And I'm sure he'll turn up elsewhere. Who knows, maybe MSNBC will hire him to do a media show. Yeah. Fox News has its own media-type show as well with Howie Kurtz. Howie Kurtz, who used to be the host of Reliable Sources on CNN until he had to leave. So, at least there is one national media program that's trying to review what goes on in the news world, which, eh, at least it's one. It's not perfect, but at least it's something. Another person who follows journalism also is stepping away from that assignment, Margaret Sullivan, who for the last few years has been covering the media for the Washington Post. She did her final column. She retired the column on Sunday, and she talked about the future of journalism In her final column, she wrote, The media has come a long, long way in figuring out how to cover the democracy-threatening ways of Donald Trump and his allies, including his stalwart helpers in right-wing media. It is now common to see headlines and stories that plainly refer to some politicians as election deniers. She writes that the media seems finally to have absorbed what should have been blindingly obvious from the beginning. Trump is by no means a normal political figure, and he will never reform into some kind of responsible statesman. She also wrote in her final Washington Post column, another encouraging development is the decision by a number of major news organizations to form democracy teams or beats concentrating on efforts to limit voting access. The politicization of election systems and the insidious efforts to instill doubt in the public about legitimate voting results. And, she wrote, I worry that it's not nearly enough. I don't mean to suggest that journalists can address the threats to democracy all by themselves, but, she says, they must do more. So there are a lot of troubling things going on when it comes to the state of journalism in 2022. 
And I don't know. I think it was at one point during Brian Stelter's program Sunday morning where a guest said, well, basically now you've got – I'll have to paraphrase because I don't have the the script in front of me or the transcript. But uh, I believe a guest said something to the effect, so now governments are going to run wild. I mean, whether it's state, governments, or city hall, or whatever, they're going to run wild. And that is so true. And it's happening right now, even as we speak. And we touch on it every so often on this program, how local and state governments no longer need to be very responsive because, for the most part, no one is keeping track of exactly what they're doing. That is a problem. If you don't have a reporter at every city council meeting, or if you don't have a reporter at every meeting of the county legislature or at school board meetings, all sorts of shenanigans can and will happen. And government officials and school district officials love it. There's no accountability. And that doesn't even scratch the surface. What's going on with other entities, nonprofits and businesses, for the most part, these days, it's totally uncovered. And it's not a good situation. We're living in dangerous times. I'm Bob Joseph. We're continuing in just a moment on this Monday morning on WNBF Binghamton. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. Authorities say an 18-year-old man was killed when he was struck by a vehicle in Tioga County. According to state police, the incident happened around 10:20 Saturday night on Route 17C in the town of Barton. Investigators said the man was pronounced dead at the scene. State police questioned the driver of the vehicle, whose name was not released, and troopers were assisted by Tioga County Sheriff's deputies. The Broome County Aviation Commissioner believes the proposed merger between JetBlue and Spirit Airlines may potentially be good news for the Greater Binghamton Airport. Mark Hefner said while some people might look at the merger and say there's one less airline, he views the situation as more of an opportunity. In an interview with WMBF News, Hefner said it allows me to talk to an airline that's just merged and is going to look to increase their footprint. The Aviation Commissioner said he views it as an opportunity for us. He noted somebody's got to feed the larger airlines. He said there are some smaller airlines that are moving forward with additional daily service in the United States. Airlines have been dealing with big challenges over the past couple of years because of the COVID-19 pandemic that resulted in many pilots and other support workers leaving their jobs. The industry is working to recover from a period of reduced travel as demand for flights has increased dramatically in recent months. Airlines also are facing additional headaches in dealing with the higher cost of fuel. Discounted apparel and footwear items are going to be offered at a new Dick's Sporting Goods Warehouse sales store on the Vestal Parkway. The company has set up shop in the space that had been occupied by a price-right grocery store in the Parkway Plaza. The warehouse sale outlet will be located near the Target Department Store. It's just a short distance east of the existing full-line Dick's Sporting Goods store in the Town Square Plaza. The price-right store had operated at the site for about seven years. It closed in October 2019. Before that, the space was occupied by a Circuit City Electronics store. According to the Dick's Sporting Goods website, the new Vestal Outlet Store's grand opening event was scheduled to run from Friday through Sunday. 
but additional work was needed to be completed before operations could start. Handwritten signs at the entrance on Friday advised would-be customers that the store was not yet open. In the bloody years when killings peaked in New York City, Detective Louis Scarcella built a reputation for closing cases. A second-generation cop who smoked cigars, ran marathons, worked a side job at Coney Island Amusement Park, and jokingly put Adventurer on his business card. The now-retired sleuth has been frank about lying to suspects, even praying with them, to elicit information. In the 1980s and 90s, he got confession after confession, and prosecutors got conviction after conviction. But in the past nine years, nearly 20 murder and other convictions have been tossed out after defendants accused Scarcella of coercing or inducing false confessions and bogus witness identifications, which he denies. The same prosecutor's office that won those convictions ended up repudiating most of them. A New York State trooper should have been disciplined for getting romantically involved with then-Governor Andrew Cuomo's adult daughter while serving on the Democrats' security detail, the state inspector general said in a report. The watchdog report released Friday comes two years after the relationship, and the trooper's apparent banishment to a post near the Canadian border became the subject of newspaper headlines. There was public speculation at the time that Cuomo had personally ordered the trooper transferred to a post about 150 miles north of the governor's mansion because he was upset about the relationship. The report by Inspector General Lucy Lang does not address whether the governor had requested the trooper's transfer. Cuomo's spokesman, Rich Azapardi, said Friday that he had no role in it. The report also does not say which of Cuomo's three daughters was involved. On August 18th, New York State Police at Ithaca arrested Miranda Fairchild of Cortland, New York, for the Class E felony of grand larceny in the fourth degree. A trooper was ditch, dispatched by Tompkins County 911 to a report of larceny taking place at the target on Catherwood Road in the village of Lansing. The trooper was assisted by a Tompkins County Sheriff's Sergeant who spotted the vehicle that Fairchild got into, leaving the store parking lot. A traffic stop was initiated on North Triphammer Road and Graham Road. An investigation revealed that Fairchild, who was the passenger in the vehicle, had left Target without paying for numerous electronics and houseware items totaling over $1,000. Fairchild was arrested and transported to State Police Ithaca for processing. She was issued an appearance ticket to the Lansing Town Court on September 15, 2022. The driver of the vehicle was not charged. It's 11.09, where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. National Weather Service forecast for downtown Binghamton. Right now about 71 degrees, dreary outside. Today, showers and possibly a thunderstorm, a high near 77 degrees, 80% chance of rain. Tonight, showers likely and possibly a thunderstorm before 7 p.m. Then a chance of showers and thunderstorms after 7 p.m. Mostly cloudy, a low near 62 degrees, a 60% chance of rain. Tomorrow, a chance of showers before 11 a.m. Then a chance of showers and thunderstorms between 11 a.m. and 1 p.m. Then showers likely and possibly a thunderstorm after 1 p.m. Mostly cloudy, a high near 78 degrees, chance of rain 70%. Tomorrow night, showers likely and possibly a thunderstorm before 7 p.m. Then a chance of showers and thunderstorms between 7 p.m. and 8 p.m. Patchy fog after midnight, otherwise partly cloudy, a low near 58 degrees, a 60% chance of rain. Wednesday, patchy fog before 10 a.m., otherwise sunny with a high near 85. And Wednesday night, mostly clear, a low near 58. It's 11:11. You're listening to WMBF, where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com, 
Good morning. Bob Joseph with you till noon on WNBF. Our phone number is 607-772-1290. That's 607-772-1290. If you would like to talk on News Radio WNBF. third hour as they say musically how soon is now well it's very soon it's now as in right now so call in if you wish if you have something that you would like to add to the program interesting little story and uh, a caller in the first hour alluded to it about that state trooper and governor cuomo and the governor's daughter and i know i think i made some kind of reference that I don't really care and who should care about what's going on with one of Cuomo's daughters. And to be honest, I don't care about what's going on with his daughters at the moment. Trust me, at the moment, it doesn't affect me personally. I'll let you know someday if it does. But in the meantime, what does concern me is what's going on with the state police. That's where it gets problematic because we're dealing with people who work for us. You know, if we were talking about, oh, I don't know, let's pick a random company, Tesla, Tesla, for example, and Elon Musk, and Elon Musk, uh, his daughter, I don't think he has any kids, but if he did, say it was uh, a daughter of Elon Musk who wound up having some sort of relationship with somebody who provides security for Elon Musk at the Tesla car company. Well, is it really any of our business? Probably not. Would it get reported? Maybe, because Elon Musk is, as they say, in police circles, a person of interest. So, of course, probably if he had a daughter and she was involved with uh, somebody on the Elon Musk security detail at the Tesla car plant, well, maybe that would get some attention. But it really doesn't concern me because it's a private company. Those are private people. Where it becomes a problem, again, is we are talking about employees of New York State. Andrew Cuomo, who until about a year ago was working for me. I know, he finds that hard to believe, but he technically was working for me because I am a citizen and taxpayer of the Empire State. So we could say Governor Cuomo was employed by me and 20 million other New Yorkers to do a good job. State Trooper Dane Pfeiffer also was employed by the people of the great state of New York to do a good job and probably not get involved romantically with a 
child of someone he was supposed to provide security for. Well, you know, one thing led to another, as things often do. And before you know it, apparently State Trooper Dane Pfeiffer had a thing going on with Kara Kennedy Cuomo. This according to the fabulous New York Post newspaper. So according to this report from the New York Post newspaper, Trooper Dane Pfeiffer told investigators it was hardly his idea to get transferred to northern New York after getting hot and heavy. I'm sorry, people. That's how the New York Post reports it. Getting hot and heavy in the spring of 2020 with Kira Kennedy Cuomo, the daughter of then-Governor Andrew Cuomo, while working the governor's security detail. Pfeiffer said of the barracks in Plattsburgh, by the way, have you ever been to Plattsburgh? Yikes. He said, on paper, I volunteered, but no, I don't want to go up there. Never want to go there again. Uh, Trust me, I've been to Plattsburgh. I have no need to go back. The report released by the State Inspector General Lucy Lang confirmed previous reporting by the New York Post. It adds that Trooper Pfeiffer said he was voluntold, not volunteered, voluntold to seek a transfer from Cuomo security detail resulting in a two-hour commute to and from his new workplace. So that's what happens. So I, I think it's unfortunate for Dane Pfeiffer that somebody wanted to really mess with him and make his life miserable. State Police Superintendent Kevin Bruin, who was then working as a first deputy superintendent, told investigators Pfeiffer was in love with the girl, and I cut him a break. That break came in the form of allowing Pfeiffer to request a transfer to a location of his choice rather than Bruin unilaterally dispatching him to Buffalo 300 miles away. The trooper's initial choice was too close to the executive branch or executive mansion for his higher-ups' comfort. So he got a call from the person in charge of the governor's security unit who told him he was expected to ask for a move outside the Albany region. So then he put in his request to Plattsburgh, and it's complicated. It's, It's unfortunate for the trooper. I'll admit it's also unfortunate for the governor's daughter that her name gets dragged through this. I don't see that there's uh, a lot of impropriety. But there are rules. There are rules. And if you're going to be a state trooper guarding the governor, you can't have a relationship with any of the governor's daughters. It's just a rule, and it makes sense. You don't want trouble. I mean, you can just imagine how things could totally go off the rails there, especially when you're dealing with Andrew Cuomo. Am I right, people? So you see, nothing good, unfortunately, could have happened in that scenario. So all things considered, for Trooper Pfeiffer, he... um, He probably is lucky that he just got voluntold to wind up in Plattsburgh. Pfeiffer told investigators that he, quote, had not furthered his relationship while on duty, 
And he maintains he did nothing wrong because state police don't have a policy explicitly barring members from having sex with the people they protect. Well, do we have to write it out for you, Trooper Pfeiffer? You know, just because there's not a specific rule, and this is where, unfortunately, you expect, I expect people who are working for the Division of State Police in the Empire State, I expect them to have a certain degree of common sense. If Trooper Pfeiffer didn't think that that was going to pose a potential problem, then maybe maybe he should be hosting a talk show and not guarding the governor or not working for the division of state police. Maybe he no longer needs a, a membership. Maybe his membership in the division of state police should be canceled. Because I think they want people with a certain degree of common sense. And if he thinks that it's okay to have a relationship with the governor's daughter just because there's no specific policy that bars state police members from having sex with the people they protect, I mean, maybe maybe he's in the wrong line of work. It's 1121 at WNBF. Joe from Greater Ithaca. Oh, it ain't going to rain no more, no more. It ain't going to rain no more. How in hell can the old folks tell it ain't going to rain no more? And it is sunny in Ithaca. It's sunny in Ithaca. Yes. All right. Well, I'm going to... And the sun. Okay. And the sun is always there. But I just got back from a funeral. You were talking about what how they do things at the funeral. Well, they were glad to see this guy go, okay? And nobody wanted to say anything, so... Guy goes and he says, "Come on, Bob. You know him. Say say something good about him. Something. You know." He said, "All right." His brother was worse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is. Oh, so it's, it's, all, it's all relative. I <laughs> see what you did so. there. Well, you know, that's that's always it's always a concern at funerals. I'm I'm sure when my funeral is held the urology will be very short especially if it's done by a doctor i don't know i don't know it's the funerals are funerals are interesting i went to a memorial i went to a memorial service over the weekend but i don't know you know i i don't i'm not sure what to make of funerals anymore it's i mean for one thing there what were you about to say the younger you are, the more the more uh, of a turnout you get. Because for one thing, if you're, you you last long enough, you outlast everybody else. They're all dead, so they can't go to your funeral. You know. It's yeah, like that's last, sure. That's that a valid point. All, all of your contemporaries, you know, if you live to be a hundred ten, you know, how many of your your friends and hangers on and coworkers are going to be around to uh, pay respects? Yeah, you got to dig your own grave. <laughs> With that, but yeah, I just noticed that you know, younger person is. Oh yeah. Well, it, it makes sense too because uh, uh, it, it is a greater loss. You know, they haven't had the opportunity with that. Well, I mean, especially I mean, especially if it's a young person whose life was cut short 
by violence. I mean, whether it was a vehicle crash or crime or whatever, something that was totally unforeseen. Yeah, it does. It does. You know, when it's more sudden like that than when uh, when someone's sick and it takes a while, it's almost like understandable that uh, that's going to happen where the other thing could have been prevented, you know, uh, that uh, that that uh, that's why it's always there. So. All right. Well, I appreciate the uh, the wisdom, and I hope you have a, a great day. I hope you'll check in later in the week because I think it's going to be a good week here in Binghamton. And yeah, I've got a I've got a heavy topic coming up here. You know. Okay. So. What day are you going to do the heavy topic? Do it before oh, I, Friday. No. Okay. Just don't do a heavy topic on Friday. Do it before Friday. Friday's kind of a light day. Yes. You know, like that. Yeah. We t- that song about the about the rain. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll look forward to your heavy topic later in the week. That's Joe from Greater Ithaca, eleven twenty four WNBF. Vinny from Greater Binghamton. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Bob. Hey, I had to call in because I saw a great article in uh, actually I was on the opinion page yesterday's paper, Sunday's paper. Uh, Rex, uh, I think it's Hupke. I think it's how you pronounce it. It's the entitled "Dark Brandon Unleashed." as Biden notches another victory. And it goes through and it talks about all of his accomplishments with the Senate and the House. And it's kind of one of those things where the me- I, I, I called my best friend up. He's a Democrat. And then I called this, the gentleman I work with. We always go back and forth. He's a conservative. I called them both up. And I said, I wanted you guys to read this because I wanted you to see what our media leaves out and how they continually want us to be to each other. They'll cover something for a little bit. Like I had no idea that the unemployment rate now hit 3.5% matching a five decade low reached just before the pandemic. So we're back where we were. Nothing, nothing. We want to talk about inflation talks about the jobs that we're at, you know, 528. That was like double what they thought we would do. So I really did just, just touch on a little bit. You know the chips, the chips act, the science art, all this, all this stuff, the semiconductor. These things are getting passed. This is what our government is supposed to be doing. Not talking about all these cultural nonsense. We'll we'll figure that out. We'll do all that. It's what is good for the American people: our taxes, our health care, schools. That's the basic stuff. That I guess sometimes I think the media is just afraid to cover. They they don't want to find it's it's easy. I remember when oh, Bob, there's a thing on um, YouTube where um, the press secretary is talking to all these brand new young um, journalists, and Obama comes in. He said, "I heard you guys were here, so I just want to come in and talk to the future journalists of the country." And he's talking to them, and he says, "You know, it's easy. It's so easy to talk about the negative stuff, but it's very hard to talk about when." People can get together and solve problems. Is that, that that's going to be the trick? How are we how are you going to cover that? How are you going to how, how are you going to do that? And the, one of the problem is we've got two problems: we've got lobbyists and we've got big money. And that's that's one of the problems in this country. And we have a few can we have a candidate running now, who's not taking any special money. And that's that's exactly how we have to start. It's not going to happen overnight. Not going to happen overnight, but it's like we something we have to pay attention to. And I think uh, you know, uh, 
these last couple of months, all we've been talking about is all oh, this big red wave, this big red wave. It, no, it's not. It, it's it's not anymore, because I think the American people woke up and they're they're tired of nonsense. That's the bottom line. They're tired of nonsense. And that article's perfect. That just it, I, I loved it. Talking about the positive, what's going on? Oh yeah, the Republicans. Republicans Rex, Rex Hupke, uh, thanks for calling it to my attention. One of the problems now with the newspaper is every once in a while there's a gem hidden inside. I mean, sometimes you you look at a typical Saturday or – well, they don't print the paper anymore on Saturday. Look at a typical Sunday paper or Monday paper and you think, eh, you thumb through the first few pages. But in this case – and I had to look it up because uh, I didn't get – to page B8 yesterday where they hid the opinion page behind the sports section for some reason. So thank you for uh, calling that column to my attention. It's um, just from glancing at it. Yeah, Dark Brandon unleashed as Biden notches another victory. Rex Hupke from U.S. Today newspaper. President Biden and his fellow Democrats appear energized by a string of legislative victories following gas prices and polling that suggests the midterm elections could be more competitive than previously expected. You know, it occurs to me, Vinny, that some Republicans mm-hmm. are going to be really mad if these gas prices keep going down. They must be hoping for I'm serious. They must be hoping for like five or six powerful hurricanes to wreck the um uh, the Gulf refineries, so gas prices will pop back up by 50 or 70 cents because without a major problem from the weather or something unforeseen in terms of um, trouble overseas, you know, more, even more trouble with the war in Ukraine or if we have trouble with um, Iran or, or something or North Korea, who knows, you know, something that's not currently being reported. But if that doesn't happen, gas prices could still drop by, who knows, another 20, 30, 50 cents before November 8th. And then what happens? Well, yeah, yeah. And, and I see it, too. And I think, Bob, because the, uh, the American people are starting to say, wait a minute, something's not right here. You know, besides Joe Biden, no, or, or, or politics or, or, or Ukraine, we're getting hosed. Be, I mean, they come up with all these excuses. Oh, it's because this pipe is, you know, it, it turns around this way. And, you know, oh, the, no, 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 no. Some, something's going on. It's just something's going on. It's these, these companies, man, tri- like I said before, triple digit profit in a quarter. Walmart doesn't do that. Amazon never did that. IBM never did that. In a quarter, triple profit. Oh, yeah, and then instead of investing a lot of that profit, some of these very, very high profits, instead of investing in their infrastructure or investing in trying to actually get more oil to good people like you and me, they wind up buying back more of their stock. So it'll boost the stock prices, which means, of course, a a lot of the top, executives for the big oil companies will wind up making even more money more and more and more where does it all end they're they're basically they're they're gouging us every day at the gas pump so so they can have even bigger annual bonuses at the end of the year that that's it and you saw the saudi going over saudi arabia with their golf tournament trying to go up against the pga and all that (laughs) there you go 
And actually, I mean, and all the golfers are going over. There. I said, God, this, this is this is how it goes. This is exactly how it goes. Absolutely, all the money and where it flows, and and the BS about um, uh, Nancy Pelosi going over to Taiwan and all these other delegates going to Taiwan, and then they start their exercise. We're not gonna go to war with China. Just stop it. Yeah, it's it's just wild. I appreciate your call. Thanks again for calling that column to my attention. I'll be able to read it this afternoon when I get a, a spare minute. It's Monday on WNBF, August 22nd. Wow. Wow. Do you realize it'll be winter in four months? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you know me. With, with me, the glass is always half full. Yeah, it's going to be winter in less than four months. So you better enjoy this warm weather this week. Enjoy it while it lasts. 607-772-1290. Or if you want, send a message to Bob at WNBF.com. We're on every weekday morning from 9 to noon, 1290 AM, 92.1 FM, and always available on the free WNBF app. Even though people... It rain, according to the people at the U.S. Weather Bureau. Here's their forecast. The weather apparently official. Showers and thunderstorms continuing today. High 80. Rainfall between one-half and three-quarters of an inch. Mostly cloudy tonight. More showers. More thunderstorms. Rainfall tonight between one-quarter and one-half of an inch. Low 64. Partly sunny tomorrow, a chance of showers and a chance of thunderstorms. High 78 tomorrow, the rain between one-tenth and one-quarter of an inch. Higher amounts possible in thunderstorms. Wednesday, mostly sunny, high 85. No rain on Wednesday. No rain on Thursday. Maybe a little rain on Friday. But overall, after um, after tomorrow night, I think we'll be generally in the clear. Right now it's 73 in downtown Binghamton at News Radio WNBF. Thank you to the folks at the United States Weather Bureau. I guess they want to call themselves the National Weather Service now, but to me they'll always be the Weather Bureau. The uh, hazardous weather outlook, showers and thunderstorms. Today some storms may produce locally heavy rainfall, which may cause a few areas of poor drainage flooding or localized flash flooding so keep an eye out again if you see any signs of flash flooding call us right away at news radio wnbf 
and then we can report it. So if you spot something or if you want, you can send an email to bob at wnbf.com. And that way I'll have a better chance of knowing what's going on around here. So apparently um, Dr. Fauci is going to leave early. I already knew he was planning to leave by the end of uh, Joe Biden's first term. He had mentioned that, but now... Uh, the word is coming that he's going to quit in December. So for those of you who are not fans of Fauci, I guess you might think that's good news. So who knows what he'll do. I don't think he's telling us what he'll do. But anyway, he has announced... He will step down in December after more than a half century of public service. Dr. Fauci is 81. He has led the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases since 1984. So that's a pretty good run. He was only 27 when he joined the National Institutes of Health. 27 a doctor who had just finished medical residency, and he was quickly identified as a rising star. This story in the Washington Post notes that Fauci's tenure as director of the Infectious Diseases Institute made him an advisor to seven presidents and put him on the front lines of every modern-day scourge including AIDS, the anthrax scares in 2001, Ebola, Zika, and the coronavirus pandemic. Joe Biden has commended Dr. Fauci. Others have commended Fauci. But, of course, he became a controversial figure during the COVID pandemic. I mean, how sad is that? Yeah, here we have a very serious public health crisis, and it devolves into something political. I think there's, it's reasonable to believe that this country could have done so much better at handling the pandemic if it had not become political. I think that's the bottom line. There's no way to know for sure, but I, I'm r rather certain that if politics had not been involved, if, if the pandemic started, say, in 2021 instead of 2020, I personally believe the United States would have been able to handle it better and it wouldn't have turned into such a terrible, terrible health catastrophe with so many people dying. Let's just see. U.S. US COVID deaths. Because I haven't looked at the numbers lately. According to the Internet... 
One, more than a million, more than a million people have died from COVID-19 since the pandemic began. And worldwide, about six and a half million. So, it could have been different, I think. But I also will be the first to admit, I can't prove it. That's speculation on my part. But if if it hadn't turned into uh, politics, a political football, you know, it, it probably could have been brought under control sooner. Just a guess. Just a guess. It's Monday morning with Bob Joseph right here on News Radio WNBF 607-772-1290 is the number. Remember, you can always stay connected with WNBF, whether it's your live local talk program or Binghamton's best news. You're always connected when you have the WNBF app installed on your phone. It's free, and if it's not already installed on your phone, I think it'd be a good idea to install it now. That way, virtually anywhere you go, you will stay connected with WNBF. WNBF.com with Bob Joseph. Remember, the news you need is for you, waiting for you, first thing in the morning, every weekday morning from 6 to 9. First News Binghamton, James Kelly, be listening for it. All the news you need, Kathy White, James Kelly, the information is there for you. Just tune in, 92.1 FM. 1290 AM, WNBF.com. Whatever device, whatever platform, we bring you the news because we know you want to begin your day informed. So we keep you informed. First News Binghamton, Monday through Friday, right here on WNBF, WNBF.com. Of course, Kevin Bixby on Sunday mornings, along with Bill Flynn. It's information that's important to you. Of course, our website is important for you, too, wnbf.com, with uh, all the 
latest info. Just glancing at it, uh, unfortunately, there's a police investigation in Tioga County. A pedestrian was struck by a vehicle and died. The latest details are at WNBF.com. If you have uh, information on that case, you should contact the police. Well, speaking of investigations that just appear to be never-ending, we also have an update on the Eliza Spencer investigation. It's now been more than four months since the 12-year-old Binghamton girl was shot in the chest on Bigelow Street. And on the occasion of the four-month anniversary, I returned to the scene. can't tell you how many times since April 21st I've been on Bigelow Street on the east side. Talk to a lot of people. Sometimes I get some interesting insights. So far, nothing that really has surprised me. Unfortunately, a lot of people are still just mystified why, after four months, there still is silence surrounding the investigation. I have covered news in Binghamton for a long time. And in my experience, there's never been such a high-profile investigation into a child's death where nothing is being released. The only police news conference happened the afternoon Eliza Spencer was killed. It doesn't even seem possible, but it's the truth. She was killed shortly after 10 o'clock on April 21st, or she was shot, few minutes after 10 p.m., I believe it was a Thursday night, and then she was pronounced dead minutes later at Wilson Medical Center in Johnson City. And then the first and only police news conference was held about 16 hours later, and that is it. That is it. There has been nothing police have not held a news conference. They haven't put out another news release since April 22nd. That was four months ago. After more than four months, the colorful and poignant memorial at the corner of Bigelow and Chamberlain Streets, it's still there. Every time I pass by, I just think of the sixth grader I never met. And I just think, what a tragedy for her family, for her friends, for her school, for the neighborhood, for our city. It's one of those tragic episodes that should never be forgotten. And yet, sometimes it appears that it's been forgotten. So if any new information is released or a status report on the investigation into the killing of Eliza Spencer, if anything is released, we'll report it here on News Radio WNBF and on WNBF.com. 
and I, I hear this frequently from speaking with people, not just people on the east side, but people around Binghamton and around the entire southern tier, even in Pennsylvania. When I venture into Susquehanna County, people they hear I'm from Binghamton and I report news, it frequently comes up. Is there any new information about the shooting investigation? People talk about justice for Eliza. And maybe it'll happen. As you probably know, there is a reward posted for information that would lead to the arrest and conviction of whoever was responsible for killing Eliza Spencer, but that reward doesn't seem to have made a difference based on what we've heard. The police, of course, the police, the detectives have been busy tracking down all possible leads. They are not giving up. That much we know. I know Binghamton police will not give up. But it's also one of those stories that is difficult to provide a status report on because... The only news conference was held four months ago today. I don't know where else that happens. If a 12-year-old girl was killed in New York City or Chicago or Indianapolis or Owego, would they hold only one news conference? Would they give a preliminary briefing about the shooting and then, for more than 120 days, say nothing else? School will start soon on the east side, so students will return to East Middle School and students will return to Calvin Coolidge Elementary School, just a few steps from where Eliza Spencer was killed shortly after 10 o'clock on the night of April 21st. And we all have a few questions. I'm Bob Joseph. This is News Radio WNBF. Your new career. Bob Joseph, thank you so much for spending part of your Monday morning with me on News Radio WNBF 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and streaming live on WNBF.com. Hope you have a great afternoon, and I also hope you'll join us tomorrow morning for another episode. You're listening to News Radio WNBF Binghamton.